Greetings, fellow planeswalkers. I'm James. And I'm Paul. And welcome back to the newest episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. This week on the podcast, we are finally getting around to the Narfi deck. We put a poll out on Twitter. You guys answered us. You gave us the hard decision of a 50-50 between Gruul and Demir. And you know we went with uh, Demir. Because we have already built Gruul decks on this on this podcast many, many times. Um, so we decided to go with Narfi Betrayer King. So before that, we have an upkeep trigger to do for some magic that is being played. Now, I know I've been playing some magic. I'm not sure if Paul's been playing much magic lately, and that's totally cool. Um, Paul, did you have any stories or anything you wanted to bring up from the week? You know, this isn't fair, because for anybody who doesn't know, we are recording this episode right after the last one you heard. Yeah. And... James is cheating right now by putting me on the spot two days in a row. I haven't even had a chance to fix it. <laughs> of course I do, man. I gotta always put. I gotta keep in your toes, mate. No, I have a. I do have a, a a pod of a game that's being set up for later this day. Uh, Paul is actually correct. We are recording this the day after last week's episode because I am going on a small little vacay just to see some family and stuff. Um, so I'm going to be gone for our recording session next week. So we, well, basically just banking an episode, but we are going to do the, the Narfi episode today. Um, we will kind of skip this week's, uh, play of the week, I guess, because we don't have any said play of the week. Um, but I will update the Twitter from the games that I played today with people online. My play, of the week is, uh, my play of the week is getting up at an actually reasonable time to record this episode. That's actually a pretty good... <laughs> that's a pretty good accomplishment, mate. Like, it's not even 11 o'clock yet and you're out of bed. I love it. I know. On a weekend, by the so way. So unlike everybody. me. So unlike me. It, it is a weekend. And, I mean, you know, if Paul doesn't have to be awake, he's not going to be awake. The, the man works hard throughout the week. Ugh. All right. So, like James said... Today we are talking about Narfi. Um, I actually kind of took the uh, the leading role on this. I uh, I built it in small chunks throughout the week. Um, throughout the week that we had the poll, I should say. So this has been a, a work in process. It still is, but I think it's in a form that I'm content with, at least for now. Uh, if you were to actually build this and play it, it could use a little bit more of certain things that I'll point out as we come across them. Uh, but unlike usual, I'm going to kind of take point on this episode because, like I said, this is kind of my baby. Um, and then uh, I guess James will just let me know if he wants to chime in as I'm uh, scrolling along here. I'm always wanting to chime in. You know me. <laughs> I feel like we started this podcast just because I wanted to talk to more than just one person about magic. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic, it's hard, it's hard to find people to talk with about. Talk with about. Talk exactly. People to talk with about magic. There we go. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister there, I imagine. That mate. sentence really bothered me. I don't know why. <laughs> Usually it's so, James that gets the tongue twisters, but this time. Oh, yeah. That was all me. Yeah, no, I did my little pre-show uh, prep game. I uh, wrapped some in the end, because you'll notice there'll be a thing in the in, in the end of the episode that we kind of, we, we get to, but I wrapped it a little bit of Linkin Park there and uh, got all woken up and all the tongue twisters out of my mouth. Um, but we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go here into our main phase one, and I'm gonna read the commander real quick, just just to kind of like re, you know, reiterate in everybody's brains what Narfi does, so we're not going. Why is this card in this deck? So, for any of you who don't know who Narfi is, Narfi is the Betrayer King. He's three blue and a black for a four three legendary snow creature, zombie wizard. That says other snow and zombie creatures you control get plus one plus one, and for three snow mana, return Narfi Betray King from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. The snow mana symbol can be paid with one mana from a snow source. So any permanent that taps for mana that is a snow permanent creates that snowflake mana. Also, any snow sorceries or infants that produce mana, which is Correct. why they changed it to snow source. Um, all right, a couple things I need to point out here. First of all, for all you Marisil players out there, unfortunately, Narfi is not a two-card combo with Marisil. 
Uh, I'm as disappointed as you are, but Marisol doesn't have abilities in the graveyard, so if you let Marisol go to the graveyard, uh, it doesn't get Narvi's ability. Uh, anyway, that Dang. aside, the actual uh, content, uh, I decided that even though the first line of text on Narfi kind of points him in a certain direction, meaning other snow and zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one, I thought that that would be too obvious, and I thought that, you know, this is probably what a lot of people are doing, are these snow matters or zombie matters decks with Narfi. And yeah. to be quite honest, I'm not sure that Narfi is the best zombie commander. I think he's a lot better in the 99. But I decided to key in on flavor here, and since Narfi is the Betrayer King, I thought I'd make a deck based entirely around stealing people's crap and using it against them. Uh, with a couple of mm, flavor breaks for balance reasons. And I, again, I will explain that when I come across it. Yeah. All right. So this is a so, full budget list, actually, looking at it. It's, it, only, it only costs you, at right now, time of recording, about $106 on TCG Player to pick this whole deck up. Yeah, so and I think, uh, it's, honestly, I think it's actually I was, one of the cheapest <laughs> decks that we've it, actually made. It's 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 funny because when I was building it, I was like, okay, so we usually work about a two hundred fifty dollar budget. I can do that. And uh, when I was all said and done, when I looked at the price, I was like, wow, uh, I'm surprised that some of these cards are like not more expensive. And then I remembered that like a lot of these cards did get reprinted recently. Like preordained used to be a few bucks, uh, but you can get a copy of preordained for under a, like a couple of quarters now 50 cents looks like uh and you know snow covered lands just got reprinted with uh call dime so those are relatively cheap now uh the new snow dual lands are pretty cheap and whatnot um also the commander itself is uh a quarter so that's pretty good yeah 25 cents because who needs uh, expensive commanders these days anyway i guess we'll start off here with some ramp uh yes. i will admit this deck could probably use more in the ramp department but unfortunately, in blue-black, there's not a whole lot of ways to do it. I do have a couple of unique ones here that I will explain when we come across them. So first off, we've got Arcane Signet, Demir Signet, uh, Soul Ring, and Worn Power Stone. These are cards I'm pretty sure we've talked about before. Worn Power Stone may be the only exception to that, so I'll go ahead and read that one. It is three mana for an artifact that comes into play tapped, and you can tap it to add two colorless mana to your mana pool. Um, used to be a lot more popular back when Commander was, you know, still not booming. So like in 2013, 2014, and you know they've just printed a lot more slash better ramp since. Yeah, when I started playing, it was like you had to have a Soul Ring, a Worn Power Stone, um, Thran Dynamo was also another really big mana rock that was just yeah, ridiculously expensive because it was. It, uh, it's three mana that produces three colorless. Or it's four mana, sorry. Four, four yeah. mana that produces three colorless. Um, yeah, and actually that's a card that should probably be in this deck, but um, I'll, I'll let the viewers handle that one, or the listeners, rather. Um, all right, so there's three pieces of ramp in here that we have not discussed pr prior on the show. We have Cold Steel Heart, uh, ETB's Tapped, Sorry, it's a two-mana ar snow artifact, so its mana, what that produces, is considered snow mana, for Narfi reasons. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, you choose a color, and you get to tap it for one mana of the chosen color. Uh, we have Sisse's Ring, which was actually just printed in Commander Legends, which is four mana for an artifact that adds two colorless, uh, a card that really highlights just how broken Soul Ring is, because you can get that same effect for three less mana. But a lot of the cards in this deck are pretty expensive, so you don't actually mind it being on the more expensive side. And finally, we have Wayfarer's Bauble, which is one mana for an artifact that you can pay to, tap, and sacrifice it to search your library for a basic land and put it on the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library. This one I put in here because it's very important to have your, your snow mana, which pretty much, actually all the mana in this deck is snow mana, except for a couple of the ramp pieces. Um... But having a way to ramp into snow mana is very important for Narfi, uh, so you can activate his ability consistently. Yeah, and this and is no longer a budget card anymore. Like, well, I'm looking at this, and it's three dollars fifty for a Wayfarer's yeah. Bauble. Yeah, I was really hoping uh, that they, this was going to be reprinted in Commander Legends, but we haven't seen it reprinted in a while, and it's still commanding a decently high price for what it does. 
but I mean, it's still, like you said, really good to try and get those snow lands out of your library and onto the battlefield. Yeah, maybe we'll see it in the the purple rarity in Time Spiral Remastered. Doubtful. Maybe. Because why would they print like that Wayfarer's Ball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe we'll get like a survival of the fittest or food chain. That's reserve list. <laughs> That's reserve list. That's not reserve list, oh. actually. Food no, food chain isn't, list. is it? It's not. Survival yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay. Um Well they can they can break reserve list and call it survival of something else and just have a survival like effect. Like they do with Jeweled Lotus. Yeah, call it longevity of the fittest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, don't call it that. That's weird. Anyway. <laughs> it's such a weird card name. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about the card draw, which this is actually one of the categories that could probably use the most help in this deck. Um, however, I purposely don't have a lot in here because, like I said, a lot of the cards in here are pretty expensive, so you're often going to end up with cards in your hand. So actually drawing cards might might be a little hurtful. Uh, but anyway, we have six ways to draw cards here. We have a split card from, what is that, Guilds of Ravnica? Pretty sure that's what that is. Uh, yeah, it's Guild, Guilds of Ravnica. We have Discovery. I forgot how these are worded. Is it Discovery and Dispersal? Pretty sure that's how you're supposed yeah, to say it. Yeah, Discovery and Dispersal. So we have Discovery, which is one and a Demir mana for Several 2, then draw a card. So... Kind of like a modified, quote-unquote, version of Preordain. Dispersal is three, a blue and a black. Each opponent returns a non-land permanent they control with the highest CMC among permanents they control to their hand, then discards a card. Most of the time, you'll probably be casting this as card draw, but occasionally it can be removal. Uh, Next, we have Frantic Search. We've talked about that one before. Draw two, discard two, untap up to three lands, three mana instant. Graven Lord. This is one of the cards I was most excited about in this set. Um, it is three blue blue for a snow instant with Scry X, where X is the amount of snow mana spent to cast a spell, which in this deck will almost always be five. Then draw three cards, and that's an instant. So this is going to be most of the time, like 99% of the time, five mana, instant, Scry five, draw three. And I feel like in most decks that play this card, that will be the case. Now, that is the ceiling for this card, uh, but it's also pretty close to the floor. And I don't know. I just think it's a great card. I'm surprised that it's so cheap. It'll probably stay that cheap for a long time, but I expect this to be one of those cards that slowly creeps up, like, you know, $1, $2, somewhere around there. Uh, next, we have Preordain, which, again, this is one that we've talked about. It was printed very recently. Preordain is one blue for Scry 2, draw a card, sorcery. Uh, we have Ransack the Lab, which is actually not one that we see too often. It's one and a black for a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one into your hand, the rest into your graveyard. And finally, we have River Kelpie, which actually saw a huge price spike after Muldrotha was spoiled. I picked up a foil one for uh, a nice price before that happened. You know, call me an investor, Paul. Uh, we have uh, River Kelpie, three blue blue for a three three beast. Uh, whenever it or another permanent enters a battlefield from a graveyard, draw a card. Whenever a player casts a spell from a graveyard, draw a card, and it has persist. So when it dies, it'll come back from the graveyard and draw a card right away. Uh, but it also gets to draw cards from Narfi, because Narfi gets to return himself from the graveyard to the battlefield. And there's also one more way in he- that we have to draw a card off of River Kelpie, but that'll be towards the end. Yeah, I'm surprised and, uh, there was no, uh, was it uh, Secrets of the Dead in here? Uh, I think Secrets of the Dead specifies casting spells from the graveyard. If uh, I'm not yeah, I think so too, actually. So it doesn't work as well with Narfi because you don't really cast them; you're just returning them. See, this is where this is where like the power creep in in, in my head comes out, and I'm like, <laughs> "There's no Ristic, mor- uh, there's no Ristic m- Memora. Wow, no Ristic study, no Mystic Memora. Paul, there's not even a mana drain in here. That <laughs> sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no um, mana drain. What is this, buddy? Like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> uh, for our instant package, it's actually just counter spells, which this won't be all of them because some of them are in a different little packet here. Uh, we have arcane denial, counter spell. Those two we have definitely talked about before, and rewind. I'm actually pretty sure we've talked about before as well. Yeah, rewind's in the. Uh, I believe it's in the Calamax list. I believe so as well. Because if you get it to resolve, you're untapping eight lands. So if if you have two spells on the on the stack you want to counter, and both of these resolve, you can then untap uh, 
you can untap four lands, and then in response to the second act, the second resolution of untapping lands, you can tap those lands again and then untap them and float yourself some 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 mana. Uh, the only one here that we haven't talked about before is dismiss, which a lot of people used to call it budget cryptic command, uh, because it has the two modes that you would choose anyway, and it's easier to cast. Uh, so dismiss is two and two blue. For an instant, that says counter target spell and draw a card. Just a nice, simple little counter spell. Doesn't see a whole lot of play anymore. Used to see more. Um, but I have it in here because you do need some form of protection for the things that you steal, even though you can keep stealing them over and over again. Um, it is nice to be able to keep them for a while. So I just thought that this deck should have a little more counter magic than we usually uh, play around with. Uh, that takes us actually to the end of our instant package. Again, there will, we, will, we will talk about a couple more uh, instants later uh, that fall into a different category. And we're going to go ahead and move on to the removal. We've got eight pieces of removal in here, uh, two of which are board wipes, so I'll talk about those first. We've got Crux of Fate, which is three and two black for a sorcery to choose one, destroy all dragons, or destroy all non-dragons. And we've got Extinction Event, uh, which I put in here because it doesn't see a lot of play right now, and I think it's actually a pretty good, uh, quote, board wipe, end quote. And it is modal. We all know how much I love my modal spells. Uh, you can choose odd or even, and you exile each creature with that CMC of the chosen value. So if you choose odd, you exile all creatures with 1, 3, 5, 7, 9 CMC, and so on, and even, obviously, 2, 4, 6, 8, blah, blah, blah. I think we all know how to count, Paul, maybe. Sorry, I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm, used to, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to pointing that out. Uh, for actual uh, spot removal, uh, we start off with Deep Freeze here, which I'm, I don't think we've talked about before. It's from Darmanaria. It's actually a really good card that I'm surprised doesn't see more play. Um, it's an enchantment, an aura. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has base power and toughness 0-4, has defender, loses all other abilities, and is a blue wall in addition to its other colors and types. So just a... I know in Hearthstone they use the term silence, and I usually just use the same term here. Uh, but, you know, if there's a problematic commander for that's problematic for its abilities and not so much for its, um, uh, like, power and toughness or whatever, then you can just go ahead and freeze it. Yeah, just, like, Godo's a good commander to freeze, so is Tulane. Um, Golos. Golos. Very Anything good that one. has an activated ability, really. And you can get rid of them pretty, pretty easily with a, with a three mana... Ramos removal spell. Uh, Child of Alara is a very good one to do that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I digress. <laughs> uh, next we have Fall from Favor, which is actually a new card. It was just printed in Commander Legends. Two and a blue I love for this an enchantment card. aura. Uh, enchant creature. When Fall from Favor enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature, and you become the monarch. I love introducing the monarch to games, so that's pretty much why this one is in here over something else. Uh, enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step unless that player is the monarch. So even if you lose monarchy, unless it's to the player or unless it's to the player whose creature you enchanted, it still doesn't untap. If somebody else takes monarchy, that creature still will not untap. Uh, next we have Imprisoned in the Moon, which was very popular when it first came out, and for some reason has drifted off uh, into silence since. Uh, Enchantment Aura, two and a blue. Enchant creature, land, or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent is a colorless land. It's basically a waste. Uh, it has tap, add a colorless to your mana pool. And it loses all its other types and abilities. Uh, next we have Kazmina's Transmutation, which is one in a blue. Enchant Creature. Enchant Creature loses all abilities and has base PT 1-1. Uh, so pretty much the same thing as Deep Freeze with a different stat line. Next we have Raven Form, a new card from Kaldime, because this deck didn't really have any ways to deal with artifacts. Uh, it is two in a blue. For Exile Target Artifact or Creature, its controller creates a 1-1 blue bird token with flying. And has foretell for a blue. Uh, finally, here we have Vraska's Contempt, uh, which is now way cheaper than it used to be. It used to be like 13, 14 bucks when it was in standard. Now you can get it for just a couple bucks. And it is two and two black for an instant that says exile target creature or planeswalker. You gain two life. Now you could replace this with the, the new common one from Caldine, which is the same mana cost and the same ability, except you just don't gain two life. Um, and it would be like pretty much the same thing. The, if the two life matters, then I'm sorry for suggesting that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that won't come up too too often. I don't think. I mean, two life could be the difference between life and death in Commander. 
It could Especially be. in like our mid commando. So like you realize that like life gain strategies are a little bit more prevalent the lower power scale you go on in, in commander. Because if you're able to like just out hose your opponents by having higher life totals then this that might be the reason you win a game is having two life. I mean, I know in Taser where I like to gain a lot of life and, and stuff, but go down a lot of life by, by, you know, paying it as a resource, gaining two life could be the difference between, between like winning and losing sometimes. Yeah. And if you have Necropotence out, that's two cards. Exactly. Which is another card that maybe should be in here if we're building this without our budget. Um, honestly, since we saved like $150 on the regular budget anyway, you, you could swing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you could throw in a Rhystic Study, uh, Mystic Remora for your card draws if you wanted to, uh, you know, a, a Necropotence in here as well. Um, a, maybe a Boldus Citadel? Maybe? Uh, if yeah, you wanted I mean, to pay some the life? The deck's black. The deck's black, so it should so. probably have a Boldus Citadel. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> We're going to move to our combat phase now. We are going to do everything we can with Nafi before we bring out all of our creatures, which, I mean, really isn't much because he's, uh, he, he's a lord. So we're going to swing out with our creatures. We're going to go to a combat phase here, and we're going to hear a message from our sponsors right now. Welcome back from that ad break. Through our combat phase now, we probably dealt a little bit of damage with some zombies, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know what our field was looking like before. Uh, we're going to go to our main phase two here, where we talk about our biggest packet we've ever had on the show this packet's called mine <laughs> mine and it's all about <laughs> i could see it in my head where like all of the uh the seagulls from finding nemo were just mine 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 because <laughs> no matter what your opponents are playing they're your cards you 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 own those cards as well because they're mine so yes. we have <laughs> we have um, 36 cards in this packet that are all mine um like I said, with Narfi, he is the Betrayer King, and I wanted to really key in on that part of his flavor a little bit. So uh, pretty much all of these cards do the same thing. Most of them do. There are a few uh, surprises in here. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of them do steal things. And so we are going to be inventing our own keyword here, uh, which is that if something gains control of something, we're going to say that it steals it. And that's just to make the dialogue easier on our end because yeah. saying you gain control of target blah, blah, blah over and over again would get very sore on the tongue. <laughs> yeah, and it probably isn't the most fun thing to listen to either. So we're going to try and get through this. Like, we're not going to lightning speed through it, but we're going to get through it at a decent pace here. Uh, just enough for everybody at home who's keeping up with us with our deck lists um, on Arctic can just read along and kind of figure out why these cards are in, in here. So the first one we have here is Ashiok Nightmare Weaver. She's a one blue and a black for a three loyalty planeswalker that has three abilities. The first one is plus two X on the top three cards of a target opponent's library. Minus X, put a creature card with converted mana cost X exiled with Ashiok, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Weaver, onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a nightmare in addition to its other types. And her last one is minus 10. Exile all cards from all opponents' hands and graveyards. I just want to say, first of all, we don't get to highlight Planeswalkers much on this uh, show, so I wanted to include this one here because it was uh, it was on flavor and pretty good. I mean, it's not like we don't really get to highlight them that much. It's I don't really play with Planeswalkers as a permanent type, and it's not that I don't want to play with, with, uh, with Planeswalkers. It's just I never really used them ever, so... When I can play with the Planeswalker, it's usually always the first thing that gets cut out of my deck because I'm like, well, I could get the same effect from here or there or anywhere. And it's just, I don't know. I just have this thing against, I'm not against Planeswalkers. I'm not going to say that, but it's just, again, it's not really a permanent type that I put in my decks. And if I do put them in there, I usually cut them almost straight away. The second thing I want to point out is that I have been playing Magic since this card, like since before this card was released, I've played, uh, I played standard when this was in standard. Uh, I have played a decent amount of cube in my life, and this is a very popular cube card. And I never, ever realized that if she lives past the ult, you can put cards that she exiles with her ult onto the battlefield with her minus X. I never realized that. For some reason, <laughs> I thought the plus two and the minus X were linked, and the minus 10 was its own separate thing. No, uh, it's all kind of linked together, because you... 
yeah, you can ex you can plus her and then minus her and steal some uh, steal some stuff and then you can just exile everything and just get it all back. She's such I, a good I, god. I know. I'm just saying, like that's uh that is a uh, what nine year revelation. Yeah. Eight nine year <laughs> revelation. It's a very slow burn. Not gonna lie. <laughs> So the next card we have here is Beacon of Unrest. It did just get a reprint in Double Masters. It is three black black for a sorcery that says put target artifact or creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle into owner's library. I am shocked this card is so cheap. I always thought this card is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, target artifact or creature from, from a graveyard. I mean, granted, it's sorcery speed. It's five mana. I mean, there's things that do the same thing for just creatures for a lot less, but this thing hits artifacts. So if you can, you know, make someone discard an artifact or like a combo piece or something, or even just a really good artifact, you can steal it from them for five mana. And 35 cents. And 35 cents. You can't even, <laughs> you can't even buy a McDonald's ice cream for 35 cents. Oh, I was going to say Big Mac. I mean, you can't buy a Big Mac for 35 <laughs> cents. If you could buy a Big Mac for 35 cents, I'd be eating a lot more Big Macs. So you'd be trading lie. for a lot more cards. I, I would be. <laughs> we don't talk about those times, Paul. <laughs> uh, so the next card we have here is from Commander Legends. It's Confiscate. It is four blue blue for an enchantment aura that says you steal target permanent. That's it. You steal it. It's yours. We also have Control Magic for two and a two and two blue that is the exact same thing. You enchant creature, you steal it. We have Corrupted Conscience, three blue blue. For an enchant aura that says in, uh, enchant creature, you steal it, but it also gives it uh, infect. Yeah, this is almost a particularly called nasty one. Um, yeah, I always forget that this card exists until I put it in a deck. So this is this is a decent card because I mean, not only is it kind of in between both confiscate and control magic, but it gives it infect, so you can steal someone's really big creature and then just kill them with it. Well, also, you want to kill, kill the table first before you kill it, because once you kill the player that had control of the, uh, who owns this card, it goes away when they die. But still, like, you know. Well, I was just going to say, uh, there's a hidden mode on this card that most people don't realize, and that you don't have to enchant an opponent's creature. You could use this as five mana to get, enchant a creature has infect on your own creature. Oh, yeah. You could totally do that. You could put on Narfi. You could suit up Narfi, give him infect. Oh man. Table probably wouldn't like you much, but you could do it. <laughs> with it with another card in here that we're gonna talk about at the end. Uh yeah, that could be a really like that turns Narfi into like a, a power. Beater. House. Yeah, yeah, big he's old a beater. Big old beetle. <laughs> the next card we have here on the list is Desertion. It's three blue blue for an instant that says counter target spell. If an artifact or creature spell was countered this way, put that card in the battlefield under your control instead of going to its owner's graveyard. Stealing from the stack. Stealing from the stack, please. We have Dream Leash. Three blue blue for an aura. It says enchant permanent. Steals steals that permanent. And you may play Dream Leash only on a tapped permanent. Yeah, there's actually a fixed version of this card that just came out in uh, um, M21, I think. Well, it'll come so, up later. M21, yes, it was. Yeah. So the next one after that, we have Enslave. This is such a really weird card because we've been talking about blue stealing permanence, but now it's in black. So four black black for an aura that says enchant creature, you steal it. And at the beginning of your upkeep, enchanted creature deals one damage to its owner. So yeah, that's like uh, stealing a donut from a donut shop. And then the person behind you in line has to pay for it. That's such a good analogy. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal. It's bad, especially if it's donuts. Pay for the donut. This was actually a card that I had to talk to Paul about. I was like, why would you want to take someone's permanent and then have it deal damage to you? You just you got a clock on your head at that point. And he was like, no, 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 no. You control it, but you don't own it. The other player owns it. I went, oh, you're going to take their best stuff and deal damage to them? What is this, Zancho? And actually, you know what I just realized? It says that... <laughs> this is really janky, but it says that the, the creature itself deals one damage to its owner. Which means Give that, that creature infect? Yeah, I was just going to say that. You put them on a 10-turn clock, like, oh, you better kill your own guy, otherwise it's going to get you, bud. You got 10 turns. And sometimes some decks don't run enough card draw to be able to get, you know, to their removal spells in 10 turns. So, who knows? That could actually happen at one point. That'd, that'd be fun. I mean, not fun, I guess. No one wants to die to infect, but still. 
Like, if you die to infect over ten turns, that's your own damn fault. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just play like Solemnity or something, something that doesn't give you counters. So the next card we have on the list here is Enthralling Hold. It is three blue blue for another stealing effect on an enchantment aura, but it also says you can't choose an untapped creature as this spell target as you cast it. Man, I remember I got so many questions from friends when this card came out. Like, why does that text matter? And uh, the reason why it matters, this is the fixed version of Dreamleash that I was talking about, by the way. The reason why it matters over Dreamleash's text is that if Dreamleash, um, if Dreamleash, if, I believe if the permanent becomes untapped, Dreamleash no longer has a legal target because it's yeah, not I being played on, a, on an untapped permanent. Whereas Enthralling Hole just specifies that you can't start to cast it as, as a on an unta- on an untapped creature, but if it becomes untapped while you're while it's on the stack, that's fine. It can still enchant it. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that because I mean again, that's that's like we kind of get to a point where like we play Magic so much, we kind of know the vernacular that they use and the way they structure their sentences. And you'll I don't know if you guys notice listening to me on the podcast here, but I'll get a little tongue tied or twisted and have to go hold on a second because they use just really weird wording sometimes. Um, and that was one of them. It was like, that doesn't like, why would they say an untapped creature? Like, it was like, I just, I don't understand that, but I guess I do. Like, I understand it now that you've explained it. Um, cause legal targets are a thing, especially like older cards requiring like saying that if it's a legal target or if it's an illegal target, yada, 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 kind of like a goblin welder. Yeah. That's a wordy one. I, Never understood how that card worked until someone simplified it for me. And I went, oh, they literally just could have read, written that on the card. But I mean, I digress because we know how complicated magic has become over the years. I'm actually pretty sure Goblin Welder still has the same text on it. <clears throat> I I'm, don't I'm, like that. I'm pretty all. sure it still says if if both targets are still legal as this ability resolves. I'm pretty sure that part is still on there. Oh, it just needs to come off. <laughs> So the next one we have here is Extract from Darkness. Three blue and a black for a sorcery that says each player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So at this point, it's just mill two. Uh, then a, then put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. After that, we have Followed Footsteps. Three blue blue for an enchant aura. Enchanted creature. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a token that's a copy of enchanted creature onto the battlefield. Yeah, this, so this is, is not straight up a steal, but, you know, you get to make you know, copies of things, which is kind of like stealing. This is kind of like a blue enchantment way of, of like a helm of the host, but fixed. Not as broken. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't accommodate for legendaries because that wasn't really a concern back then. Yeah, because the legendary rule has changed since then. Um, and we don't have to go into it because... We all know the legendary rule. But after that, we have Fool's Demise. Four and a blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control. When Fool's Demise is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, it returns Fool's Demise to its owner's hand. My first experience with this card was actually on Duels of the Planeswalkers in like 2012. I remember thinking... That that was the Xbox game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, that card's so broken. (laughs) <laughs> like you get the creature and you get the enchantment back to do it again that's so stupid and you could play it on your own creature that's insane uh, sack fodder <laughs> but for five <laughs> mana like that's that's a that's a pretty steep mana cost <laughs> so after that we have gather specimens it is three blue 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 for an instant that says if a creature would come into play under an opponent's control this turn it comes into play under your control instead so, so again, stealing from the stack, right? Stealing from the stack, but actually, like it just comes into play under your control. Um, you actually take it, and you're like, "Yeah." You try to cool resolve a seedborn muse. I'll get a seedborn muse. What's cool about gather specimens though is that it also works for tokens. So if, if someone's trying to make a bunch of tokens, you get them instead. Oh yeah. So if someone like say that someone Avengers Endicars and gets like fourteen uh, fourteen creatures, you just play this. You you get the Avengers Endicar and you would get the, 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 the tokens that would come out after? Well, if if you play it before Avengers Endicar, which you would have to to get the Avengers Endicar, you would get True. it. And then you'd get its trigger based on how many lands you oh, have. Let you had. Which is this, basically the same result anyway as <laughs> what you just said. Yeah. 
I, I realized that as I said it, I was like, hold on a second, <laughs> that doesn't work. But it's an ETB trigger, so you could uh, respond to the trigger, and if they have more lands than you do, you would just respond to the trigger with this, right? Yeah, you could. Uh, it's also pretty good against commanders that can't be countered, or people like to play with Cavernor Souls, because it's not a counter. You just You're not countering it, it. you just... You're borrowing it. Yeah. You're going, that's a cool creature. I'll take it for a little bit. And then you can yeah, have it back just, later. You're just inviting it over for a little house party. <laughs> for a nice warm cup of tea. And maybe maybe a scone or a nice pastry. A pie. So after that, <laughs> did you say a pie? A pie. Because oh, that's different Wait, in Australia, right? Yeah. Well, I'm like, my pie or your pie? Your pie. My pie. You don't have a cup of tea and a pie, mate. That's However. not how... I mean, it's a meat pie and a cup of tea. Like, that's just weird. You have a meat pie and a, and a schooner, maybe? Yeah? I'd do a meat pie know, and a schooner. I don't know what that is. A All schooner right. is like a... It's just a, it's just a beer. Ah. You just... You, I could have figured go to, that. You, I thought it was a... You go to the bar What's that? Isn't that a type of ship? A schooner? Probably. Yeah. But it's also For a sure. size of glass back home. It's like 425 <laughs> milliliters of, of alcohol. Ah, metric system. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when you go to the pub, you're just like, oh, man, I'll get a schooner of new, thanks, or a schooner of draft, Carlton draft, or a schooner of whatever you want, and they know exactly what to get you because you're just asking for that cup size worth of beer. Man, it really so, is a different world in Australia. Yeah, man. Five, it's like, what, it's like $5 schooner nights down at, down at the old pub. Get yourself a feed, grab a meat pie, grab a, uh, a schnitty or a I have no idea what you just said. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> It's okay. You can Worst just be like, he's, ta he's talking Australian either. again. <laughs> but our Australian listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, after that, we have Geth, Lord of the Vault. We're going to kind of wean back in here by talking about another card and not the pub culture in Australia. Geth, Lord of the Vault is a four black, black, five, five legendary creature zombie that has Intimidate, not a keyword we see all that much. So I'm going to read that one really quickly because... I mean, it's not a keyword that I think we've talked about here on the podcast yet. It is, this creature can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or creatures that share a color with it. So only black creatures can can block this or artifacts. Has an activated ability of X and black. Put target artifact or creature card with converted mana cost X from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control tapped. Then that player mills X cards. Um, steal stuff. Uh, Intimidate, by the way, for anybody that's curious, is the this this was their way of fixing fear because it was yes. very unintuitive for non-black creatures to have fear. Um, so this was just them saying, "Hey, uh, we got to fix that," which isn't something that they say often. Uh, yeah, usually they're just like, <laughs> "Eh, it's fun." Uh, but I actually don't think they use Intimidate anymore. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm not sure when Geth was originally printed, but this was this was at least reprinted in Double Masters. Let me just look here real quick. Yeah, Scars I mean, on, of uh, Mirrodin was when it was originally printed. So I mean, I mean, on new cards. Yeah, uh, I don't, oh, I don't think they print keywords like that anymore. And it's I think Menace um, is like the new Intimidate. Yeah, Intimidate used to be a red mechanic. Fixed. I guess I guess you could call it kind of fixed at that point because I mean a lot of creatures have Menace and it's just easier to understand Menace. You know, you block with two creatures. Well, you have to block with two creatures. So the card after that is Gonti, Lord of Luxury, two. Black, black for a legendary creature, Aetherborn Rogue. For it is also a 2-3 with Death Touch. And when Gonti, Lord of Luxury, enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of target opponent's library, exile one of them face down, and then put the rest of, the, of them on the bottom of the library in, in, in a random order. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at it, you may cast it, and you may spend, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast it. This is one of, if not the most fun card to come out of Kaladesh. There's just something so satisfying about playing this card. You look at the top four, you exile one, you get to give a smug look if you want, and that opponent just has to keep wondering what you exiled off the top. And what's cool is that he's also kind of a combo breaker sometimes. If you if you rip the right card off the top, you can just take it and yeah. keep it, and they can never have access to it. But, I mean, you say this is one of the funnest cards. But what about Paradox Engine? How fun was Paradox Engine? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I won't open that can of worms. <laughs> so the next card we have on the list here is Grave Betrayal. 
five black black for an enchantment that says whenever a creature you don't control dies, return it to the battlefield under your control with an additional plus one plus one counter on it at the beginning of the next end step. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Uh, what's pretty unique about this one is that the creature you reanimate is a zombie, which means that it gets plus one plus one from good old Narfi. Ooh, yeah. Love that. It's great. <laughs> Grimoire of the Dead is our next card. It is a four mana legendary artifact that has two activated abilities. The first one is one and tap discard a card. Put a study counter on Grimoire of the Dead. The second one is tap, remove three study counters from Grimoire of the Dead and sacrifice it. Put all creature cards from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. They are black zombies in addition to their other colors and types. This was always a card that I was surprised didn't really take off or see more play. It doesn't seem awful. I mean, obviously it's not, you know, great, but I think it's playable. You can kind of like cheese your own creatures into play with it because you get to pitch them. Yeah, and I mean, if you're milling people enough in the in this deck, which you kind of really do, you pretty much just say all of your all of your creatures are now mine. So like all your bases are belong to us essentially. And it makes them zombies, which I've already mentioned. Which Nafi but, loves <laughs> because Nafi's like, oh, you're a zombie. Get a plus one, plus one, my dude. So the next one after that we have is Hypnotic Siren. One blue for a 1-1 one, one enchantment creature, Siren with Bestow. That is five blue, blue. If you cast this card for its Bestow cost, it's an aura spell with enchant creature. It becomes a creature again if it's not attached to a creature. It has flying. You control enchanted creature and enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one and has flying. We have Illusory Gains. Sounds good to me. It is a three blue blue for an enchantment aura that says enchant creature you steal that creature and whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control attach illusory gains to that creature uh note that this does get around hexproof and shroud so if your opponent plays a creature that has hexproof or shroud illusory gains will still attach to it because it's not targeting it's just a triggered ability yeah so you can take people's uh big old fatty eldrazi's if you wanted to the next card is Imbolus's clutches Four blue blue for a legendary enchantment aura that says enchant permanent, you steal that permanent, and enchanted permanent is legendary. After that, we have a Kaldheim special of King Nafi's Betrayal. One blue and a black for a saga that starts with one law counter. Each player mills four cards, then you may exile a creature or planeswalker card from each graveyard. It's chapters two and three are the same, which is until the end of turn, you may cast spells from among cards exiled with King Nafi's Betrayal, and you may spend mana as though it were any mana of any color, sorry, to cast those spells. I had to include this one in here for flavor It's reasons. flavor. I mean, you know, it's, it's the betrayal from the Betrayer King. <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I didn't, I didn't even know what it had to do. Sorry, I didn't know what it what the card did, and I was like, it has to be in here because it's flavor. Like, it's literally his betrayal, and yeah. And the art is actually him while he's still alive, I believe, and not a zombie. Oh, he's not actually a zombie himself. He just likes zombies. Okay. For some reason, I thought he was a zombie skeleton thing. My bad. So the next card we have after that is Lay Claim. Five blue blue for an enchantment. Enchant create uh, sorry, enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent, so you steal it. Has cycling for two, and that is a activated ability to pay two, discard this card, and draw a card. We have Limdul the Necromancer as our next card. He's a five black black for a legendary creature human wizard. He's a four-four and says whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from play, you may pay one and a black. If you do. Return that card to play under your control. If it's a creature, it's a zombie in addition to other creature types and has an activated ability of one and a black to regenerate target zombie. I actually considered taking Lindul out, but um, it makes zombies. It reanimates things from, you know, from opponent's creatures that die. It regenerates zombies, so it can regenerate the things that reanimates. It can regenerate Narfi, although Narfi kind of regenerates himself. Uh, so I thought it was cute enough in interactions that it was worth the slot, but I wouldn't fault someone for taking it out for maybe some more card draw or ramp. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. At seven, seven mana, he's pretty expensive for what he does. Um, for a four-four. Yeah, he has a pretty good effect though, and he does get to regenerate zombies. So I mean, he does kind of like protect your board a little bit if you have enough mana. Um, he makes zombies, so I mean, he's kind of good. But I feel like that we could maybe kind of slot him out for something else. I don't know. I'd have to play the deck to kind of feel it, feel how the card plays. Yeah, I mean, like Grave Betrayal does the same thing, but for free, minus the regeneration text, and is also harder to yeah. remove. So I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, the next card we have here is Mind Control. Three blue blue to steal a uh, steal a permanent. Sorry, this is still steals a creature. My bad. This one just steals a creature. After that, we have Order of Succession. Three and a blue for a sorcery that says choose left or right. Starting with you and proceeding in the chosen direction, each player chooses a creature controlled by the next player in that direction. Each player gains control of the creature he or she chose. This is like the uh, the baby Aminatu alt, because I'm pretty sure Aminatu just steals the whole board state of the person. Yeah, the it just moves yeah. the board states one to the left or one to the right. Yeah, this is just like, this is the, the precursor to Aminatu's alt. So this is like musical chairs. <laughs> it's like you all just rotate one to the left or one to the right. I love it. It's so good. After that, we have Persuasion. Three blue blue for an enchantment aura that is another steel effect. Steals a creature. Moving on, we have Ray of Command. Three and a blue for an instant that says untap target creature and opponent controls and gain control of it until end of turn. That creature gains haste until end of turn. When you lose control of the creature, tap it. We have Reigns of Power. Two blue blue for an instant that says untap all creatures you control and all creatures target opponent controls. You and that opponent each gain control of all creatures and the other uh, the other controls until end of turn. Those creatures gain haste until end of turn. So this just untaps all the creatures between you and a target opponent and just uh, sorry target player and switches them. Correct? Yeah, it's pretty cool because since it's an instant, you can use it to like if you have no creatures or just one creature. Uh, doesn't really matter. You can just switch creatures with somebody else. And like if somebody else is attacking you, you just get to block and kill both. You get to kill two opponents creatures, basically, because you get yeah. to block with the ones who you stole. And then you get to, you know, by blocking, kill the ones that are attacking you. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, you know, the, uh, pull the old switcheroo and yeah, it's good. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, Paul. I like the uh, the. The direction you, that you took this deck. Thank you. So the next one we have is Rise from the Grave. It is four and a black for a sorcery that says, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other types and colors. We have Scion of Darkness, five black, black, black for a six, six creature avatar with trample. That says, whenever Sign of Darkness deals combat damage to a player, you may put target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and has cycling three. We have Silent Blade Oni, three blue, blue, black, black for a six, five demon ninja with ninjutsu. So we haven't talked about ninjutsu. So I'm going to just quickly read this, the little like reminder text for this uh, activated ability. He has ninjutsu for four blue and a black. So it means you pay the four blue and a black and return an unblocked attacker you control to hand. Put this card onto the battlefield from your hand tapped and attacking. When Silent Blade Oni deals combat damage to a player, look at that player's hand. You may cast a non-land creature card in it without paying its mana cost. Uh, worth noting, it is just non-land card. It doesn't have to be a creature. It could be instant, sorcery, enchantment, artifact. Yeah, if someone else is playing like a steal, steal your girl kind of deck, then uh, just use it against them. <laughs> use their own stealing effects against them to steal their own perm to steal their permanence. Before they can steal them back. <laughs> this deck would be hell to play over, over webcam. Yeah, I can't, I can't say I'd recommend that unless you have a play group that you've been playing with for a very long time and like they just know what cards you play or what, and you know what cards they play. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so after that, we have Spelljack. Three blue, blue, blue for an instant that says counter target spell. If it's... If it's countered this way, remove it from the game instead of putting it in the owner's, owner's graveyard. 
As long as it remains removed from the game, you may play it as though it were in your hand without paying its mana cost. If it has X in its mana cost, X is zero. That was hard to read. Yeah, it's uh, it's also got the old wording on it, so it, it, it's probably more wordy than it has to be. Yeah, so essentially you, you, you cannot target spell, right? The spell that gets countered gets exiled, and then for as long as that remains exiled, you may play it. Yeah, for free. Yeah. You get to play for free, but if it, if it is, is an X spell, X will always equal zero, because you can't pay mana into the X. Correct. We have Spirit Away, which is very close to the name of one of my most favorite and loved movies ever, Spirited Away. But Spirit Away is five blue blue for another steel effect, but this time the enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has flying. We have Take Possession, five blue blue for a steel effect that steals a permanent this time, but also has split second. So as long as this spell is on the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. We have Volition Reigns. It is three blue, blue, blue for another steel effect, but it also says when Volition Reigns enters the battlefield, if Enchanted Permanent is tapped, you untap it. And then the last card we have here is probably my favorite Demir Commander to play. Uh, but this currently is in the 99, and it is Wexel the Risen Deep. Three blue, blue, and a black for an 5-8 legendary creature Kraken with Island Walk and Swamp Walk, which means this creature can't be blocked as long as the vending player controls an island or a swamp. When Wexel the Risen Deep deals combat damage to a player, you may cast target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. All right, that is our mind section. Do you have any final thoughts on that little section there, Paul? Uh, you'll notice that a lot of these spells are pretty expensive. Not monetary-wise, but uh, in CMC, which is why I would probably advocate for putting a little more ramp in here. Uh, James mentioned Thran Dynamo earlier. That would probably be good in here because, you know, on average, these mind control spells are roughly five to six mana, with some of the more expensive ones being seven and some even being eight. Uh, so the quicker you get those out, the better. And so I would probably advocate for putting a couple more pieces of ramp in here. Right now it's only got seven. Should probably be around like 10, maybe 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but also, if your opponents are not playing uh, very big creatures, then that might be a little bit of an issue, which is where this next little section uh, comes into play which I will let James take away. So we have the next, it's literally just one card in this packet. And I love what Paul called it. He called it obligatory backup plan. So if everything else <laughs> fails, you literally have this one card and your commander to really just, just drive the win home. So we have demonic embrace it is one black, black for an enchantment aura that says enchant creature. Oh, didn't see that one coming. Enchanted creature gets plus three, plus one, has flying, and is a demon in addition to its other types. Also says you may cast Demonic Embrace from your graveyard by paying three life and discarding a card in addition to paying its its other costs. Okay, when I was building this deck, I was like, okay, so the biggest problem is what if you run out of mind control spells? Or what if your opponents don't really play creatures? Or uh, their creatures are like mana dorks, like zero ones and one ones and stuff. You have a problem. Right? You can't do anything with that. You can't work in this environment. <laughs> <laughs> so with Narfi, uh, he can bring himself back from the graveyard over and over again. Yeah. Which is cool. Uh, but with Demonic Embrace, since Narfi has the magic power and tough or the magic power of four, Demonic Embrace suddenly turns him into a flying three-turn clock. Because he has seven power. And you get to cast you get to get both Narfi and Demonic Embrace back from your graveyard over and over and over again, as long as you have cards to pitch and life to pay for Demonic Embrace. So it's just kind of its own little two-card engine. Technically one card, because Narfi's your commander, so you always have access to it. And you just get to keep getting back this th oppressive three-turn flying clock. And believe it or not, people don't really have a lot of ways to deal with flying in Commander, surprisingly enough. It's just not something that people really have the forethought about. Yeah, uh, it's... Flying's really kind of like a medical, isn't it? So, like, yeah. usually you'll have, like, 
there's some playgroups that don't play any flying creatures. There's uh, playgroups that only play flying creatures or a good mix of both. I know in my playgroup, like I know with my decks in particular, I have a lot of, like if I'm getting swung up with flyers, I'm just like, I guess I'll die because in most of my decks, I don't really think about flying as a thing when thinking about like attacks and blocks and all that. Um, whereas like if I play Taser, all of my creatures are basically flying and that doesn't matter because I make a lot of one, one spirits. Um, but when I'm think when I'm building a deck, I don't really think about getting attacked by flyers all that much. Yeah. And even in that Taser deck, like when those spirits fly, you can often just get in for damage everywhere oh, yeah. because people don't really have flyers. Yeah. I'm just like, they have flying vigilance and lifelink and they're like, what? And I'm like, I'll just pay all this life and play some spells and then sack them all and get more value and just create these huge engines and then swing out with, you know, not even swing, but just like, you know, declare attackers with my spirits and get some, get some life back because I'll have like 50, 60 spirits on the field at one point. Plus, Demonic Embrace turns Narfi into a zombie demon wizard, which is like something straight out of Dark Souls, I'm sure. It kind of reminds me of like um, the Skeleton King from Diablo 3. Um, I'm going to agree to disagree on that one. That's fair. Based purely I think on the it's fact just... that it's a skeleton. Yeah, no, I get that. But I think it's just the way that, like, when they did it in Diablo 3, like the way that he's standing, it's very similar to the way the Skeleton King was in in diablo i don't know i just i get this diablo vibe off 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 him and that's just my, my personal kind of iteration of looking at narfi so we have one very last card here to talk about and paul said that i had to talk about this right at the end which is why this card is called in the end it's like not s- super like powerful but you'll notice that a lot of our like stealing spells are enchantments so this one is crystal chimes it is a three mana artifact that has an activated ability of three and tap and sacrifice crystal chimes return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to your hand also worth noting that the uh, some a lot of our removal is also in enchantment form so this can get you back removal as well yeah um it can also get you back i suppose like grave betrayal uh it can get you uh king narvi's betrayal if that's something you want to do uh, it gives you options. It, it gives you removal in many different forms, either by stealing or by silencing. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I just and thought I mean, it would be a good card to include here. You, it, it essentially like recycles your stealing, stealing spells. I mean, if you go through the whole game and you've cast all your stealing spells and you want to be able to get them back, then just get them back with that and then cast them again. And at that point, you're just kind of just like, you're getting a do-over on what you can and can't steal. So, I mean, it's really cool, and I love having a little bit of extra recursion in decks. Um, you know, if you don't have the card to discard with, uh, for Demonic Embraces additional cost, you can always get it out of the graveyard with um, Crystal Chimes, and then just be able to play it again for its three mana. And with that, that is our complete breakdown and deck tech of Nafi Betrayer King. I just want to thank Paul for putting this deck together. And I also want to thank everybody who participated in our Twitter poll. If this is something you want to see us doing more of going ahead, we'll throw up more polls. If you guys are more interactive and everything, and don't give us a 50, 50 breakdown of who you want to see. Cause that was a, that was a bit of a head scratcher. We went, Oh, um, okay. Uh, I guess we get to pick. <laughs> so with that, we have the Twitter so if you want to participate in any of these Twitter polls, we have the Twitter, which is at CMDR at arms. We also have the Instagram and all of our other socials in the show notes below. If you want to pick up this deck, any sealed product, singles, or anything you want to support local game stores while shopping online, you can do that through our affiliate link with tcgplayer.com slash commander at arms. If you want to rep Commander at Arms logo on your shirt, uh, on your chest, we have our brand new merch shirt, which again, the link is in the show notes below for that one. You can support us directly through patreon.com slash commander at arms. And Paul, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off here? Uh, just my usual spiel. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Even if this is your first and only episode that you have ever or will ever listen to, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to do so. And uh, for anybody that has been a consistent listener, I uh, really appreciate you doing so, taking the time out of your day to listen. You know, that's any, any form of support is uh, very meaningful to us, uh, even if you just listen to like five minutes of each episode. 
you know, it uh, means a lot to me and James that people take the time to do that. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just quickly chiming in for a little sappy man moment. Uh, this, this podcast has been like, it's the favorite part of my week really is to go sit in this closet here and record an episode with you, Paul, and just get to really just talk about both of our major passions in life. And that is magic, the gathering. Um, I never thought I'd get to the opportunity to have what I'm doing now, where I get to play a game, hang out with friends and get to talk about it with everybody who wants to listen. So I want to thank everybody as well, as much as Paul said at every episode, I also do appreciate and want to thank all of our listeners. Um, and with that said, I'm James and I'm Paul. And you've been listening to the newest episode of the Commander at Arms podcast. Peace. See ya.